What's up, mortals? This is Austin Myths and Monsters, here to learn you a thing or two. In this episode, I'll talk about a fi figure from Haida mythology. The Haida are the people native to Haida Gwaii, or as we know them, the Queen Charlotte Islands, which are some of the westernmost points of Canada. I did another episode about Haida folklore, related to why all Canadians want to have sex with bears, so go check that out after this one. It's great, I'm great at this. In this episode, I'll be talking about the Raven. He's kind of a trickster deity, but is responsible for a lot of real crazy and important shit. So I'll be going over several stories involving him. Well, where to start? How about at the beginning? At the beginning, before the Great Flood, before birds flying and fish swimming, before the Great Forest or the many rivers, there was just an old man living in a house with his daughter. Now, whether the daughter was beautiful or but ugly was totally unknown because the world was covered in darkness. It's not your normal darkness. This is advanced darkness. The reason for that was that this old man in his house had a box. And in that was a smaller box and a smaller one, and a smaller one, and so on and so on, until the last box was so incredibly tiny, the only possible thing that it could hold was all the white light in the world, obviously. Now the raven, who had always existed, didn't quite like all this darkness. He bumped into shit constantly, found it real hard to find food. And although you would think that darkness is like the best place for trickiness, how could he enjoy fucking with things if he couldn't even see them? So when all was bumbling around in the dark, the raven managed to come across the old man's home. The raven heard some singing from inside, put his ear against the wall. He heard the old man singing a song about his box. You know, like how Iggy Azalea built a career. So this dude is like, I've got a box. Inside is a smaller box, and then a shitload more boxes. And then in that is all the light, and it's all mine because I'm a selfish prick. And I'll never give it away, not even to my daughter, because she might be super ugly, and no one wants to see that. So the raven immediately decides to steal this light. Uh, the raven starts looking for a way into the house. The problem is that no matter how many times he circles, he can't find the door. He can't even find the crease. And he hears the man or his daughter leaving and entering the house, but it's always on the opposite side of the house that the raven is on. The raven wanders off to try and ponder how to get into this mysterious doorless house. Now, I've done a decent amount of traveling, but I haven't seen the whole world, and I've never encountered one of these totally doorless buildings. There seems to be a huge concentration of them wherever fat, obnoxious tourists come from. Because the number of times I've been stopped in Manhattan and had some person walk up to me demanding to know where the entrance to a building is, is way higher than you'd think. Like, lady, if it's not this side, then you have three more guesses, but don't fucking bother me about it. Anyway, I digress. So the raven starts wondering about the daughter. He's like, hmm, she's probably ugly, but what if she's not, and she's actually real beautiful? So in this world of darkness, where beauty essentially doesn't exist because no one can even see anything... You'd think that maybe the woman's personality would be important this time, but no, nah, this is mythology. The only thing that matters, the only thing anyone seems to care about, is whether or not she's hot. Raven figures out how he's going to sneak into the house. He waits by the stream for the girl to leave the house, who now he can distinguish her footsteps from her father's. As she gathers water at the stream, he turns himself into a hemlock needle and floats downstream into her basket. He uses a tiny bit of magic to make her very thirsty, and the young woman drinks deep from the basket, and in doing so, swallows the raven. While inside her body, he takes the form of a tiny human and goes to sleep, and while he sleeps, he continues to grow. The young girl can tell something is wrong, but doesn't tell her father, who has no idea because of how dark it is. And so starts the raven's plot to get into the house in the most roundabout and obnoxious way possible. Eventually, the old man becomes aware of another presence in his house, when the raven is finally birthed from the young woman. The young boy, if anyone can see him, would be very weird looking. 
He's got a beak-like nose, some black feathers spurting from his skin, dark, intelligent eyes. But it was dark as hell. No one saw anything. The old man actually grew to love his, the new member of his family. At this point, you have to wonder why he never questioned where this baby came from. Like, if he's the girl's father, then where is the mother? Unless he birthed her from his penis in this weird proto-human asexual reproduction. Or he totally understood how reproduction works and was doing weird, unspeakable things with his own daughter. This is why I didn't go to college for this stuff. Stuck-up academia doesn't want to focus on the important things of mythology, like the genitals and the boning. So as the grandfather showed more love and affection to his grandson, Raven became bolder in his exploration of the house. Eventually, he came upon the box that must be the container of the light. When he opened it, the grandfather heard it and scolded him, threatening severe punishment. Raven whined and whined and protested, telling him the only thing that could possibly make him happy in the world was this fucking box. Now, like most grandparents, the old man wanted to spoil the shit out of his grandchild, so he relented. And it went on and on like this. The raven, as the boy, begged and pleaded to be allowed the next box and each smaller box in turn, and continuously the old man relented, until eventually they came to the last box. The raven was like, please, please, just let me hold it for a second. Never underestimate how annoying a crying child could be, because the old man, sick and tired of hearing the kid complain, was like, fuck, okay, fine, you can hold it for a second. He got the light out and didn't even hand it to him, he threw it to him. But if he was as annoying as I think he was, he probably threw it at him. Light soared through the air, and in that time, the raven was already transforming. He took his true form and caught the ball of light in his beak, then flew out of the house through the smoke hole, which seems like it would have been a way easier way to sneak inside than being birthed, but whatever. So the raven took to the sky, light held tightly in his beak. While soaring through the sky, the raven admired the world as it was newly presented to him. He was distracted by all the new sights that he didn't notice the eagle, who upon being able to see for the first fucking time, decided to try and eat the first thing he saw. So when the eagle swooped down, the raven barely had enough time to dodge. In doing so, the raven dropped half the light, which split into smaller pieces. They hit the earth and bounced back up into the sky, staying up there as the moon and stars. The eagle kept pursuing the raven, chased him beyond the edge of the world. Finally, the raven being tired, let go of his last remaining piece of the light, and it hung up there, beyond the world, coating everything with its light. It was the fucking sun. So when the rays of the sun hit the old man's house, who sat at home in despair at the loss of his light and having a weird bird thief for a grandson, he saw his daughter for the first time. And she was beautiful, and it made him feel a little better. Because as we all know, being pretty is the only thing that matters. Alright, so the next story takes place a good while later, after everything had gotten used to having light in the world. The raven is getting tired of Haida Gwaii, so he decides to go to the mainland where he's heard they have rivers and lakes. Things they don't have on the islands yet. What interested him was the potential to catch some tasty fish. So he landed on this beach searching for food, but he had no luck. He came across two men who he knew to be beavers. This was back in the time when all animals had human forms before actual humans existed. Except for the old man and his daughter, apparently. The beavers were very friendly and noticed that the raven could use some food and a place to rest. So they gave him the little food they had with them and invited him over. The raven was glad that the beavers were in their human form, so they were eating real food instead of just eating bark. They took the raven to their home and it was real nice. Along the back wall was a huge painted screen that the raven could swear he heard rush rushing water coming from. When he asked the beavers, they were like, ah, nah, we don't, we don't hear shit, man. So then the beavers decided to prepare dinner. 
One of the men started a fire, and the other walked through the back screen as if it wasn't there. He returned a short time later with two salmon, which the other man cooked, and the three had a nice dinner together. The raven was rightfully like, what the fuck? Don't hear anything my ass. You can't be like, nah, there's nothing back there, and then just walk right fucking through it and expect no one to say anything. Anyway, the meals continued like this. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. One would start a fire, the other would go through the mysterious wall to get fish, and then the three would have a tasty meal. Until one morning, when the beavers had resumed their beaver form, and this time, they both went out to get wood, and when they returned, they served the raven a stick, which he was not happy about. So the next time the beavers went off to gather wood, the raven decided to go find some fish for himself. So he lit the fire like he had seen the beavers do each time, and walked through the screen as if it wasn't there. What he found was a wide stretch of land covered in rivers and lakes, all of which were brimming with fish. He kept trying to gather the fish and leave, but they kept slipping out of his grasp, partly because he tried to carry so many at a time. Instead, he took a step back and looked at the place. He wondered if he could just roll the land up like a blanket and carry it that way, because those are the thoughts that godlike beings are allowed to have. So he did just that. He rolled up the land with all the waterways and fish in it and carried it off basically saying, fuck those beavers and their hospitality, this is what you get for serving me a stick to eat. As he's carrying the rolled up landmass, it's leaking water all over the place. By the time he gets to the islands, he was so tired that he just drops the roll, decides to let the lakes and rivers land where they may. And that's why the islands today are spattered with several little lakes and rivers, all filled with salmon, which hop upstream to like jizz all over each other. I'm not sure how salmon work. This last story that I'm going to cover starts with the Great Flood receding. Several beaches are no longer covered by water, so the raven goes to these locations because fish were plentiful, so his hunger was fulfilled, but he was still a trickster and hadn't fucked with anyone in a while. So when the raven called out in his frustration, he was delighted to hear a small squeak in reply. He scanned the beach and found a giant clamshell half buried in the sand. When he went to investigate, he found that the clam was filled with several little beings shaking with fear. He knew that he wouldn't be able to do his tricks with a bunch of creatures hiding in the shell. So now, at this point, it's important to explain that the raven has two voices. One is harsh and terrible, and the other is soothing and beautiful. He used this beautiful voice to coax the little creatures out of the shell. Slowly, curiosity overcame fear, little creatures one by one scrambled out of the shell. These were weird creatures. Two legs, no beak, skin instead of feathers, arms instead of wings. They were the first hider, the first men. Now, I find it weird that the raven found these creatures weird, considering all the other animals had human forms they could take, not to mention him living as a person for a while when he was trying to steal the light. But whatever, he started to watch and teach these creatures. Eventually, he was getting bored, as all the creatures were male, and he thought some ladies might shake things up a bit. So an idea formed in his mind. He picked up each one and put them on his back and took off for one of the northern islands. When he landed at the beach, he shook all the men off his back. After a bit of searching, he found exactly what he was looking for. Large, soft-shelled mollusks known as red chitin. Now, the underside of these chitin, well, I mean, to be, they look like pussies. So the raven picked them up and threw them at the men. And when the chitin hit, they attached themselves to the men. The raven managed to hit each one in the dick like some sort of twisted carnival game. The men were overwhelmed by the rush of emotions and sensations. They couldn't decide if getting a blowjob from some shellfish was painful or exciting. One by one, these dudes had their first orgasm, which is always a magical experience. The chitin each dropped off and the men ran away. No one knows what became of them. They jizzed in the, in the shellfish, 
That was their part to play in this story. My guess, they found out what an orgasm feels like and went off to do butt stuff with each other. Now, the chitin was also changed by this. They grew larger than they had ever grown before, and after one particularly big wave tossed the chitin off the rocks and carried them to the beach, they started to hatch, I guess? From each emerged a brown-skinned, black-haired person, men and women this time, and they weren't timid like their ancestors. They were children of the wild, born of the sea and land, born of shellfish and people who fucked shellfish. What a proud ancestry. So they built their homes on the beaches, the first Hena. That's it for the episode. Just uh, some of the many stories involving the Raven. If you enjoyed, please like and subscribe. Maybe tell a friend. I also have an Instagram at Awesome Myths and Monsters and a Twitter at MythOTD where I post things sometimes.